So we begin in gratitude, so grateful and so thankful that our life is the life of God, our mind is the mind of God, that we're already free. Yes, so grateful to recognize this is our true identity. So grateful to open our hearts and our minds to the light of love, to the Christ within each other, within ourselves. So grateful to recognize that we are already perfect and we cannot actually be improved upon. So grateful to surrender and to open our hearts and minds to the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful to consciously attune to the infinite love. So grateful, so grateful to lay aside all misperceptions and to truly give them away to the Holy Spirit for healing. So grateful. In gratitude, we declare that our conversation is a healing dialogue that is inspiring. It's, it's nourishing and nurturing. It is expansive and clarifying, and we are grateful and thankful to allow it to be transformative and healing. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. So one thing I, I would like for us to um, do today is to have our own conversation without all those year one and two people dragging us down. Um, I'd like to have a conversation about the prayer classes and any questions that you have, anything that came up for you in those prayer classes. So, um, or any ahas, any insights, any awareness that came through in the prayer class is something you discovered that you didn't realize or new insight or new challenge. And uh, before we do that, um, let's just do a quick little check-in here because we have a small group and just to like a sacred circle would do, just go uh, around the circle and I'm going to ask you to go, Sheila, first and just tell us how you're feeling how, how are you my dear i am doing fabulous thank you um had a, a very profound healing learning august so grateful to be into september <laughs> mm. um and just back in the flow enjoying life um i will confess i've have not gotten through the prayer power classes. I only got through the first one. Um, but I have revisited the Live in the Course in Miracles series you did last. I am loving John Mundy with his surrender talk for some reason. Seems to be my theme for the year. <laughs> but I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. Grateful to see y'all again. I missed y'all. I know. I'm glad y'all are back. I know. I'll pass to the next person. Yeah. So, um, Elena, uh, and let's see who's on the phone. Who's, who's that on the phone? I'm going to unmute you. Who's it's Deb. Deb, okay. Great. Uh, 
All right. Well, Deb, since you're unmuted, you, would you like to go? Sure. Um, I'm glad to be back in our small group, although I loved that power prayer series. And uh, I'm feeling full again, but it's all good. And um, no, no, I don't know what else to say since I haven't done a sacred circle. So just trust in the process and watching things unfold. All right. Watching the wheels go round and round. Yeah. Thanks, Deb. Mm -hmm. You can self-mute yourself there on your handset. That's probably the best thing. And, um, yeah, Elena. Elena. Yeah, I just had to arrange something for my kids. Something just yeah. came in. Air. I don't know what it is that's making my eyes water and my nose run. Yeah, I yeah I found the classes very powerful. This prep or it was like um, the biggest thing was like a reminder: don't leave any area of your life um, like where you're not satisfied with without prayer. It was like very powerful message. So I took one. I don't have to call it, you know, all of them. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> Favorite one, the juicy one. <laughs> and I just, I just realized that, and the big realization for me was like, when I pray, and Sheila, you already shared this once, that it, it obviously, I, I, it's maybe until the end of my life, I need to pray certain areas of my life, I need to pray every day about. I, it, it's a good thing to remember <laughs> and good thing to know. And yes, uh, yes that's about prayer power class. And um, where I am now is that um, obviously in August being on vacation, I was in Italy and sun is real vacation, really nice. And so I was able to connect deeply to myself and I took this deep decision from the depths of my being that I want to be a spiritual counselor. And it was so deep that is still, it's just like pushing me and things are, it's unbelievable. I already shared the price for tickets dropped like for a third of the price. And now I am started, started to set up my company and suddenly things go. So people answer me, they, I have meetings. So it, it just, it just rolls, 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 goes, goes, goes. And, uh, and I do things, but there is also responsiveness from other sides because, you know, there's certain formalities to, respect and so on and it's like i'm in movement you know and it's it's and it feels just great just great yeah and uh really the other areas yeah they still work to do and yeah. actually just not so much work to do but just to give them over give this area over and then and say you decide <laughs> i don't know anymore i am not the one who decides yeah yeah, I went through certain turbulence this time again when I took the decision. It was um, quite, but I was not the same. I was like, I was able to be compassionate. Yeah. So that's new and we will see what's coming next. And I missed you all so much. I'm so happy to see you all. I know. It's wonderful. How many weeks vacation do you get, Elena? 
I had three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And how many weeks do you get from the bank? A lot. I have six weeks vacation. <laughs> I know. We're all moving to Europe. Yeah, I know. I already talked to my prayer partners. They were like, what? You have six weeks. I yeah, have six I weeks. Yeah. yeah. That's it. In England, they, they get a standard four. And then, uh, you know, I think um, some of the more longevity, they get five or six. But you're in in the rest of Europe, you know, five and six weeks are pretty standard. Yeah, we have like standard is four or five, but it's for financial sector, a special agreement in Luxembourg with, between the government and the financial sector, and it's six. Ah, makes me want to go work in a bank. Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, here in the United States, we get one or two, and then you work up to three and, you know, yeah, yeah, I know it from my prayer practice. Yeah, this is really, well, I must admit it's really good thing because you just, yeah. three weeks of sun. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, you know, European people are generally uh, more chill. So we're, we're different culture. Yeah, well, I'm glad and I look forward to seeing you next month. Yay. Ah. <sighs> And I'm so, so glad you're, you're doing what you're called to do. Yeah. It was exactly this. It was, a, it was not even the decision to, I just um, went again deeply in myself and what you say about the spiritual counseling and the way you teach it, that you listen to people and so on. And it just so corresponds to my uh, uh, idea of it, of my, like my calling, you know. And uh, it was just like, okay. It was, you know, the moment I took a decision, it was like, Listen to your, listen to what makes you joyous, you know, and say yes to it. I was really like, yes. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. <sighs> Thank okay. you. I'm going to go to Ron next, just because Ron, you're in the class. So we're just doing a quick check-in here. Sacred Circle style, because it's been a few weeks. You've got me finishing a mouthful. I'm trying to grab a little well, lunch. I'm yeah. on busy days. That's all right. Um, doing well, I've been missing the class because Monday nights I've got a conflict. So all is well, as I've shared with um, most everyone here, kind of still right now on the path of a little more meditation and following some of the self-realization teaching of uh, um, Mahashi Yogananda, uh, but blending it in with uh, with the Course in Miracles. So it's um, all very complimentary. So I'll, all is well. I sent my daughter. I got my daughter set off to uh, to college in her apartment and everything. So, uh, but we still she's close by, so we have dinner with her once a week at least, if not seeing her more frequently. So, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting time. Good time. Have you listened to the prayer classes that we did? I have not had the opportunity to, no. All right. Well, I, I look forward to hearing what uh, that brings up for you when you do. Okay. Yeah. And, and by the way, since I haven't seen you in a few weeks, um, your hair's a bit longer. It looks good. Thank you. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, who would like to go next? Lawrence. Little check in there. Here, I'll unmute you. Uh, I am doing very well. I'm feeling happy. Ah, oh, you look terrific. Thank you. I'm, uh, I am remembering that my happiness is always right here, that it's available right now, that it's always available. It's, it's, I'm becoming anchored in that. It's, uh, I'm, I'm at peace. Mm. That's a lot. I noticed um, in the last month or so, you've been shifting locations in your house of where your computer is a couple of times, it seems like. So it seems like you're doing a lot of things around the house. Um, brushing away the cobwebs. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uncovering, I'm uncovering. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. And uh, it, have you listened to the prayer classes? I listened to a couple of them. I can't, at this moment, I can't really um, recall them. But uh, I, I did listen. I was a little um, it was a little confusing for me that the the number of people it just seemed to be um, I couldn't quite uh, focus in. I don't know I came I came in very late on one of them and we went immediately into a Almost immediately into a breakout room, and I didn't really know what was going on there. I felt kind of not in the flow, but uh, I don't know what to say about that. All right. Well, it's good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah, thank you. Glad you're feeling happy. Carla. <clears throat> well, first off, I want to say, I thought I was in Hong Kong for most of my life when I was in the Navy, and we got four weeks. <laughs> but it never changes whether you've been in for one day or 25 years. It's always four weeks. So, um Um, wow. I don't know. I was a little distracted because yeah, I did miss the second one because I had, there was an issue. I was logging in as you. All I had is my phone. 
and I just so I just left. But I do know this. I get exactly what I need every time. And that I really know I'm really, really this experience with my mother and stuff has really helped me to see that everything, everything is working for me no matter how I seem to this distracted and fall down and forget and whatever it's it's happening it's like so amazing i don't know i don't have any i just the only thing i can remember is the last prayer power call um when i said when you talked about and i talked about my mother about how when you you say things and then they come to pass or whatever i just realized that was so powerful for me i realized that Everything, every single thing is a blessing. Everything is a blessing. And that, it, it too, is a blessing. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I got it, what I got out of it. But, but uh, it must have impacted me somehow, but it was helpful. And I really uh, feel very fortunate that um, this time off, the community call, is like during my time in Pennsylvania, so I didn't have to miss a bunch of classes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's again it's another example of how it's, everything's working for me so good for you wonderful yeah thank you Carla and uh, Anna Marie you gave us a, a beautiful share yesterday in class <laughs> oh and it's working yay yes I mean the sound, because the sound didn't work yesterday, but I can hear you now. Yeah, now it seems to work, I believe, right? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. So how are you feeling today, Anna Marie? I, I feel good. I feel really good. And, you know, I, at the moment, my husband is so totally irregular uh, with sleep, his sleep and... Uh, he sometimes sleeps practically all day, and then the, the night sometimes he gets up. I mean, it's suddenly it's just out of control in a certain sense. But I totally realize I cannot change that because earlier, when it was not as out of control, I used to be able to sort of guide it, make sure that he stays up a little longer in the evening and then goes to bed. Now that doesn't work anymore, but I'm totally at peace with it. You know, there was a time I would say it's just too much. I cannot get up or whatever. <laughs> I mean, of course, I have a health aid, but the health aid is here during the day. And uh, so anyway, last night, again, he, when I was just ready to go to bed, he woke up. And he had to eat. And, um, and then he watched a little television. So, of course, I got to bed much later than I wanted to because, um, I mean, that's just how it is. You, you take care of a person. And um, then uh, he went to sleep again. And um, he got up early and told me he was hungry. <laughs> so, of course, 
I got him some food. And uh, there was a, just a couple of days ago when I had a similar case, I, I suddenly said to myself, well, I need some sleep. <laughs> I cannot do that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I realized, I mean, this is just here for a moment. It's just for me to accept it and, and not have bad feelings about it and just accept it and move on and it will work. And it really does. This morning, I just uh, do that and um, I can handle it and I can also, every so often I can catch an hour of sleep during the day, you know. It's just how it works. <laughs> and I'll see, I hope this whole situation will go away. <laughs> for a while at least, but I just have to observe it, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, what you're bringing up is actually, uh, it's quite helpful for all of us too, Anna Marie. Uh, I really appreciate your, the depth of your practice. Um, in fact, I sent you an email the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but- um, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, from MLC at jenniferhadley.com. Oh, I, I can go through, maybe I can find it. Yeah. Um, someone who is going through an eyesight challenge and is very, uh, very challenged with it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you could um, share your experience with them. I see. From a few years ago. Uh, I used to have a, um, a real intense fear of not getting enough sleep. I had craziness around sleeping and I, I, I'm not sure exactly how it all got started, but uh, I, uh, when I was a kid, I remember being in a sleepover at a friend's house. I didn't can't hear me. Oh. I can't, but there's a lot of background noise. A lot. Really? Okay. I'm gonna pause the recording. Same for me. Um. So I used to have this really intense uh, energy around sleeping. And uh, I think it was partly one time I, I had a sleepover party, I didn't get much sleep, and then I was vomiting the next day. And it probably was something, you know, too much sugar or who knows what. Um, but I made this association in my mind. And I see that my father has that association. Like if he has trouble falling asleep or he wakes up too early, then all day long he affirms well i'm groggy and i didn't get enough sleep and uh i i can't i can't tell you how many times in the morning i've said hey dad how are you doing you know first thing you know while he's making the coffee i'm making my tea and he says well i'm a little groggy this morning because of this or because of that and uh, he just takes it through the whole day with him and um i i i did this crazy thing when i was in my 20s because I used to sleep nine, nine and a half hours a night. If I didn't get uh, an average uh, uh, 
of nine hours a night, I didn't feel rested. And so um, I thought, this is way too much of my life I'm spending unconscious. And so I decided to try and train myself to sleep like seven hours a night or six hours a night because I had read about people who were very happy on five hours a night and things like that. So I started forcing myself to get up earlier and things like that. And what I found was, uh, number one, I started to drink excessive amounts of coffee, <laughs> which didn't feel good. And then I just would get sick. You know, I get a terrible cold or something like that. And, um, but I actually tried that a couple of times, trying to force my body to get less sleep. Then when I um, started to really, really deepen my spiritual practice and have a dedicated spiritual practice, I found that I went from needing nine hours to seven hours to about six and a half, six, six and a half. And so I went from nine hours to seven hours, maybe in two years, just naturally. And then, and I know it's because I didn't need all that time to work stuff out in my dreams. And now I find that I just generally sleep about six hours, sometimes seven hours. Um, but the thing is, is I made up my mind, I don't know, 15 years ago or whenever it was, that no matter how much sleep I get, I feel fine. You know, I might feel a little tired. I notice if I, like last night, I only had time to sleep for four hours. So, because um, there's a lot going on, living A Course in Miracles, coming back from vacation, doing the one-on-ones. So I only had time to sleep for four hours. And, um, but I, I just make up my mind that I feel great. I have all the energy I need to do what I need to do. Everything's for me. Nothing is against me. I, I do notice that if I have a, a, a something like that where I'm missing a couple hours of sleep, that um, I notice I need a little bit more fuel, to a little more food um, to just keep me going. And, of course, your digestion, you know, it, it uh, is the most taxing thing that you do on your body. So um, it, uh, you know, it just keeps you awake, keeps you energized, you know, digesting can. Um, uh, some people get really sleepy after they eat. Um, but I think if you aren't eating some big voluminous meal, you're, you're, you don't get that sleepy. I don't, I don't really get sleepy. Um, so for me, it was just a great teaching for me. I made up my mind that however much sleep I got, everything is perfect. I still feel great. It doesn't really affect me that much. And, and I also have a, a, a real commitment to, for the most part, I, I go to sleep whenever I go to sleep and I wake up whenever I wake up. And so I'm not, um, I, I don't get sleep deprived, maybe for a, a night or two nights, but it's not something that goes on for weeks and weeks. Now, of course, like when I was taking care of my parents, my mom was so sick, um, you know, then like with Anna Marie, you're in a different situation or uh, Elena, you've got little kids, you're in a different situation. 
um, or Carla, you're such a party person, you have to go to all these parties, it's a different situation. So, uh, <laughs> um, and it, so it was just a really wonderful divine experiment for me of working with my mind that I used to, like my dad, go around all day going, I didn't get enough sleep, I don't feel well. And I just made up my mind, you know, I don't want to affirm that all day long. So I'm just, I feel great. No matter what, I'm moving on. So uh, just thought I'd share that about sleep since it came up. Maybe that'll be helpful to someone or to someone's client um, since we've got a few spiritual counselors here. And um, we have, Sean, you are the last one. We're going around and doing a check-in. And so um, I know you've got a lot going on there. Oh, oh. a check-in uh, like, like... Just a check-in because we haven't uh, been in class together. So just anything you'd like to share. I know you have a lot going on. And oh, a real lot. Um, we have a hurricane, Category 5, headed this way. Oh, that's not so much. <laughs> but I was really freaked out yesterday. I mean, because I have a house here in Miami, and then I also have another place in Palm Beach County. Yeah. And I, I really stuck to what we do, and everything is working out. Um, up in Palm Beach, I had tenants that were moving out that I wasn't sure they were going to put shutters up. They called me. Everything's fine. They want to extend the lease six months. Wow. Yeah, so that's, it's been stressful, but everything's working out, and um, even with work, because we're going a little crazy with work, too, to try to get everything since we sell oil, so we have to make sure our business is still up and running. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, I have some, I don't know, I'm calling them minor medical issues. Um, I'm going to a surgeon this afternoon. Um, to find out if I actually need to have thyroid surgery. Um, so that's what I'm dealing with. Um, but I'm okay. Because everything's for our highest and best. And, and thank goodness for this class and our group. And whatever happens, happens. Well, and... and, and we can also focus our minds for you and with you so that what happens is what we're we're energizing yeah and it's interesting because all of a sudden back to the hurricane it's starting to shift a little bit northeast so i think i think i like that shift yeah, <laughs> yeah. to the ocean we send it back out to sea Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a good place for a hurricane in the middle of the ocean. Right. Perfect. Just hope the boats can get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, so whatever happens, happens. I, I just, I gotta say, what, what happens is what we're energizing. Gotcha. Yeah. So what would you like us to energize for you, Sean? What I've been going for the last couple of days is just whatever there is to deal with, it's with ease and grace. What would you like to deal with? What would I like to deal with? Yeah, um, so you can energize and you have free will to 
make choices and energize what you prefer. Okay, perfect weather and perfect health. Yes, thank you. Yes, joy and laughter, ease and grace, fully supported by the love of God in all things. Mm -hmm. without, uh, without any um, breaks in that, seamless support. Everything working together for your good. Yeah. Unconditional joy. Yes, and and uh, perfect wholeness in every cell, fiber, and function of the body temple. I was talking about that in class last night, the year two class, praying for wholeness. Yeah, I need to go back and listen to that. I've been busy last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're making that prayer for wholeness. Wholeness is our true nature. It's our true identity. Because God's nature is whole. God's nature is complete. God, there's nothing against God or in opposition to God or separate from God or in any way uh, working against God. So since God is complete, God is the all in all. And all that there is, God's nature is wholeness. God is the macrocosm. We are the microcosm. Therefore, wholeness is our essential nature. And so any idea that there's a lack of wholeness has no power unless we invest in it. So we're, we're giving away any idea that, there, that wholeness is not omnipresent and omnipotent and omniactive in every cell fiber and function of our being, every sinew, every synapse, every activity in our life is demonstrating pure wholeness at all times because it is our nature. So there's no way that anything else can transpire because anything else is an illusion that has nothing to do with who and what we are and whose we are. So uh, God is all that there is. God is whole and complete, and so are we. And that, that's all she wrote. That's all Mother God wrote for us. And that's all we know. Sounds good. Yeah. My nature is wholeness. I am perfect wholeness. I am demonstrating perfect wholeness. And it, I, I think it's so important to, to go into any meeting with any kind of a doctor or anyone, a psychic, anyone, and to say that, you know, their beliefs, their opinions, their judgments, have zero power. Zero. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and there's, who knows, we never know why we're going to the doctor. Like when I went to my mother's oncologist with her and my dad, you know, I, I on one hand, I knew I was going there to be a support to my parents. On another hand, I knew I was there to represent me and my brother. Another hand, I was there to represent the voice of God and to um, 
in some way to to interact with that doctor in a way that would be beneficial for everyone, including all his future patients. So, and I, I held that space. I'm going to just mention it so I don't forget it, Sean. Um, I uh, wanted to let you know that, do you remember when I read from that first chapter of the book, Medical Medium? Yeah, actually, I, I saw that he has a new book out, but it hasn't come out. It's not coming out until November. Yeah. So I actually pre-ordered it. It's all about thyroids. Yeah, 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 so I don't think I gave you the update. So first I had Hashimoto's disease, and I wasn't sure if I was going to take this medication or not. But now it turns out that I have these nodules, and they did a biopsy on them, and it came out um, indeterminable. So then that raised it from 10 to 25% cancerous. And now they did a genetic test on it, and it's now 50%. And the only way they can tell whether it's cancerous or not is if they take it out and they look at it through a microscope. So I, I just made an appointment with a surgeon just to see what he had to say, because it's not just taking the nodule out, it's removing all of your thyroid or part of it. So I'm just going there with an open mind to hear what he has to say. Of course, the surgeon's gonna tell me that I probably need surgery, but I just wanna know what I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah. good for you. And we. We know that what you're dealing with is God loving you through every moment of this. For sure. How are you feeling about it, Sean? I feel okay. I, you know, I made my one-on-one -on -one with you tonight <laughs> um, just because I figured I'd touch base with you after I found out. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. So... But I feel like I'm not afraid. I think I was afraid of the hurricane more, <laughs> but I'm not afraid. Do you, one thing you can ask that doctor is the testing that you've had already is what, what is the percentage of accuracy? You know, and then I can always just sit and wait and have another sonogram or ultrasound in, in six months. If it grows, they said it has to come out. So, but yeah, I will ask that. Yeah, think of Ron's experience, right? Yeah, actually Ron's my prayer partner, so we spoke about it. It's really funny that he's my prayer partner, but. Yeah. Deb? The other thought that crossed my mind is it might be 50% genetic, but just because you have the gene doesn't guarantee that it needs to be turned on, and that is lifestyle factors and nutrition and thinking and all kinds of things. So I would even ask, how do I support my body to not turn on that gene? That's good. <clears throat> because because I don't know I have an answer for him because he's a surgeon and doesn't think that way. Exactly. I really, it's like Jennifer said, I'm just going with an open mind and hear what he has to say, but I really, I don't want to energize it, but I feel like he's a surgeon, like we said. I don't know what he's going to tell me. Well, in your history, your past, oh, I think we're getting the echo from you, Deb. Uh, your history, your past, it, we can just say it has no bearing. Has yeah, I thought of that at first because my mom, whatever, but yes. 
Yeah, I mean, the doctors say that my mother died from cancer. I, I have no idea if she died from cancer or from their treatments. For yeah. sure. I, I feel the same as about my mom. And, but I, and my but I know if she took care of it sooner, she might have not been in the situation she was in. But who knows? Maybe she would have. Well, and the, and the thing is, is everybody has their exit strategy. And, and who, who are we to say what's, you know, what anything is for, we don't know. Um, we can, and, and, yeah. And, and I'm having a hard time with, you know, we have medical, um, modern medicine, um, you know, how much do we benefit from it or not? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. My dad's a pharmacist. I don't even take medication. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't take medication either. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, when I fill out medical forms, because you have to do that when you go to the dentist or even you go to the chiropractor or something like that. And I, I you know, I've had a few dentists because I move around a lot. And um, when they, when I fill out those forms, I don't ever, my, my dad has a heart issue, but I, and in theory, my mom died of cancer, but um, I, I don't indicate that I have any, any genetic tendencies towards anything. Cause I don't wish anyone to energize that with me. Not that you did anything wrong or anything. I just, that that's where I live from that space. And, um, and we're all developing the ability to really talk to the cells of our body and recognize that our mind is the mind of God. And uh, I'm glad we'll be talking later today, Sean. Yeah, but that's where I feel conflicted because I feel like through Masterful Living and the work that we do here, I don't feel like I'm in a line. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just am scared. What if I'm wrong? And um, I guess that's what trust and faith is all about. Yeah. And that may be part of, that may be part of what this experience is for you to bring all that to the light. I know that. Yeah. I, I really feel like this is a pivotal time. It is. It is for everyone and everybody's experiencing it differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for letting me share and asking me yeah. and allowing me to open up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Glad you're here. Sheila? I have a question, Jennifer, which is what I have been pondering for several weeks now and I'll just real briefly say real quick about my August is five days in the hospital two surgeries an outpatient surgery when I started getting over that the hurricane hit Houston so I started getting triggered through all of that so one of the things that I've learned is my problem was I had a really large kidney stone that blocked off my kidney it was so large that it just completely blocked off my kidney and a gallstone and so what one of my um prayer partners shared with me is stones is a sign of unresolved anger and grief and holding on to things so it's no coincidence that this happened to me at the anniversary of my flood last year 
So what it taught me was that there absolutely was grief and unresolved anger and things that I have been holding on to that I'm now working through and looking at. So my question is, I repeatedly say to myself when I'm feeling the alarm clock that I don't want to energize what I do not want. I only wish to energize what I would like, just what you just said. But what I think I'm a little bit confused about is I'm not honoring the feelings that are coming up and I think that I may be suppressing them because I don't want to get on the pain train and feel the pain. So I immediately shut it off and say, no, I'm not interested in that. And I would like this instead. But what I think is I've suppressed and I think it showed up in my body as stones and illness. So how do you learn to feel the feelings, allow yourself to feel the grief or the emotions, the anger, whichever it may be, without energizing what you don't want and without it being the pain train? Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's a whole nother level of teaching. I'd have to charge you big bucks for that. So I can't. Uh, I'd pay lots of money to not have to go what I went through in August. So it's yours. I'm going to run a tab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is a really important and valuable inquiry. It's extremely valuable. And actually, you know, uh, so what we're talking about is, uh, First of all, I, I, I think one of the things that uh, we in our class can hold for the many people around the world who are experiencing incredible flooding, because there's incredible flooding uh, as bad in Houston as it has been in Houston, in other parts of the world, affecting many more people that we don't even know about because we don't get the news of those countries. They're so removed from our awareness. They're not, you know, they're not white people, so we don't know about them. And um, so uh, there are many, many, many people uh, around the world who are experiencing uh, tremendous trauma, like Sheila did and her with her family last year, extreme trauma, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, financially, uh, all kinds of ways. And uh, that's what I keep tuning into here with the folks who've been going through this uh, experience is that um, a lot of people are having very intense trauma and are, are already having post-traumatic stress syndrome. And that this part of this experience is going to um, help us as a as a culture to learn a great respect for and understanding of healing post-traumatic stress syndrome. Because people have PTSD all over the world in war-torn countries and things like that. And there's not really a great respect for it. If you think of how many veterans have come home from foreign wars here in the United States and um, nobody has any understanding of what traumas they've experienced and how to help them we're only scratching the surface of um, the post-traumatic stress syndrome and healing it. And does um, anybody talk with um, Moira? She had 
post-traumatic stress, PTSD, um, that she was learning quite a bit about. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Um, and uh, so that will be one of the benefits that we'll see in the aftermath of this experience. Um, it's also diverted people's attention from uh, the Confederacy and things like that. Like that's a, a much less important issue right now, uh, fighting for statues of Confederate generals. Um, so back to your question, Sheila. So we, we experience, uh, we, get, we feel the divine alarm clock going off, right? We start, let's say we start feeling anxious, right? Or angry or irritated or frustrated, uh, something like that. And then if we go to, I'm not interested in that anymore, that's helpful to us. We're giving it to the Holy Spirit. That is the greatest healing that we can have. And it's not a spiritual bypass when we do that. So a spiritual bypass is when we're looking at some situation, like if Sean were to look at her situation or Sheila, you were to look at your situation where you, you feel threatened, you feel physically threatened. Um, there's talk of surgery or there is surgery and you feel emotionally triggered about it. And instead of actually having some compassion for yourself, recognizing that you feel emotionally triggered, you start to go to, because there's a difference between saying, I'm not interested in thinking these thoughts anymore. I'm not interested in going down this road, the pain train, of blame and shame and regret and resentment anymore. So I'm going to give all these beliefs and patterns to the Holy Spirit. That's one avenue of healing. But there's another avenue of spiritual bypass, which is not healing. And it's saying, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Everything's good. Everything's unfolding for my good. I'm claiming my good here without giving yourself the recognition of, I don't, I don't like this. This is um, freaking me out. I feel worried and I, I feel afraid. It's shoving those feelings down. And that's exactly what we do with self-medication. That's why people drink and they smoke and they do all the things that dampen their feelings so they don't really feel what's going on. So it's not a healing um, that's happening. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, a denial of how we feel. So that's, that's the thing. We can go to the Holy Spirit with it and give it to the Holy Spirit for healing, or we can be in denial of it. Uh, those are two, or we can drown in it. You know, it's kind of like those are the three main choices. And um, giving it to the Holy Spirit is deeply healing. I was talking about this in the radio show yesterday, and I was reading. Um, Let's see. Um, 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 in par in 
in, I was reading from the course in section uh, four of the text chapter three. So the text chapter three, section four, which is entitled um, Error and the Ego. In the last paragraph there, paragraph seven, Jesus is telling us something extremely valuable to us here. And this is what he says. He says, I was a man who remembered spirit and its knowledge. Now think of how often I say we can learn through experience or we can have the joy, which is painful usually, or we can remember what we already know and that's joyful. So he says, I was a man who remembered spirit and its knowledge. As a man, I did not attempt to counteract error with knowledge, but to correct error from the bottom up. I demonstrated both the powerlessness of the body and the power of the mind. By uniting my will with that of my creator, I naturally remembered spirit and its real purpose. I cannot unite your will with God for you, but I can erase all misperceptions from your mind if you will bring it under my guidance. Think of that. I cannot unite your will with God's will for you. You have to decide, you know, my life is the life of God. My heart is the heart of God. My mind is the mind of God. Uh, my will is united with God's will rather than the illusion of the ego and the separate will. So he says, I can't do that for you. That's the decision you have to make that you're deciding for God in your life. But I can, he says, I can erase all misperceptions from your mind if you will bring it under my guidance. Now, I, I had never really seen that until I was prepping for the radio show the other day. I, I, I can't tell you how week after week uh, the radio show just opens my mind and blows my mind all the time. You know, I ask a question on like Friday and then Tuesday morning, I'm prepping for the radio show. There's my answer. You know, or I go to bed with the question Monday night, Tuesday morning, there's my answer as I'm, as I'm speaking in the radio show. It's just miraculous. So let us take this I love that sound. Don't you love that sound of a truck backing up? So peaceful. So um, just see angels just saying. So um, um, let us take this. Let's take Jesus at his word. Let's not forget what he says here. I can take all misperceptions out of your mind if you let me. Will you let me? That's what he's saying. It's not any more complicated than that. You know, um, somebody in class said, well, how, how, do I, how do I do that? 
How do I let God? Just Jesus, now's a good time. Take all the misperceptions out of my mind. But then you notice, like, you pick it back up again. Oh, just put it down. You know, it's like if you have a glass and this is poison, and you start to go, oh, wait, no, I'm not going to drink that anymore. Because as you bring it to your mouth, oh, you smell it. Oh, that smells awful. Do I, do I want to taste that? No, I don't think I do. I think I'm going to put that down this time, you know. And um, so he, he couldn't be any more clear. He could not be any more clear. So much of A Course in Miracles is so cryptic for so many. But I cannot unite your will with God's for you. But I can erase all misperceptions from your mind if you will bring it under my guidance. Only your misperceptions stand in your way. So only your misperceptions stand in your way of your happiness, of your wholeness, of your freedom, of your prosperity, of your joy, your creativity, your uh, everything. It's only your misperceptions that cause your suffering, your pain, and every sense of problem that you have, right? Because separation from which all problems flow, it's just a misperception because it's not, it's not true. It's a misperception. So every single problem that you think you have is a misperception projected onto the world and made manifest. And Jesus says, I can go in and perform psychic surgery in your mind, but only if you let me. You have to put your mind under my guidance and then I can do it. He will do it. No extra charge. No giving to get. He's not asking for anything in return. He's just asking us to say yes. So let's say yes every day throughout our day. He, he goes on to say, so only your misperceptions stand in your way. Without your misperceptions, your choice is certain. You will align with God's will, he's telling us. He says, sane perception induces sane choosing. So when our mind is free of misperceptions, it's so easy to choose the highest and best, most loving choice because nothing else would make sense to us. Sane perception induces sane choosing. He says, I cannot choose for you, but I can help you make your own right choice. And then he says, many are called, but few are chosen. Should be, all are called, but few choose to listen. Therefore, they do not choose right. They don't choose right because they don't choose to listen. They're, they're not putting their mind under Jesus's guidance, so they're not listening, so they don't make the choices that bring the joy and the happiness. And then he says, the chosen ones are merely those who choose right sooner. And right minds can do this now, and they will find rest unto their souls. And he finishes with, God knows you only in peace, and this is your reality. Is it cryptic? No, it's not. It's extremely clear. We just put our mind under God's guidance. So the way I have been sharing with you that I do that is I say, I'm not interested in these thoughts anymore. Take these thoughts out of my mind so that I never think them again. 
that's my way of saying, here, take all these misperceptions that I'm hurting myself with. Don't wish them anymore. So when the feelings come up, it, the feelings are helpful to, to us. We don't wish to, to deny them, but we, and, and we do wish to experience them, but we all know the difference. I think we all know the difference. And if not, we can learn it pretty quickly. We all know the difference between feeling upset about something and then the decision to snowball that feeling, to feed that fire, right? So we can have the thought, they don't really love me. They don't really care about me. If they did care about me, they would do things differently. They wouldn't say that to me. They wouldn't do that to me. They would do this for me if they really loved me, right? We all have had a myriad of those kinds of thoughts, just as an example. And so we can think that thought and realize, you know, oh, there it is again. They don't really love me because if they really loved me, this would be different. And then if this thing in the world were different, I would be happy and they are robbing me of my happiness and it's their fault I'm not happy, right? Essentially, that's the nugget of that kind of experience. And so we can start to feel that and then we can go, I'm not interested in these thoughts, these patterns, these beliefs anymore. Holy Spirit, take them out of my mind so I never think them again. Or we can say, and another thing, they, they not only will not do the things that make me happy, even though I've made it so clear, this is all I'm asking of them, and we can go on and on and on and on until we're upset and screaming and hysterical and yelling and crying and all kinds of stuff, or we can just implode and keep it all in and just say things like, fine, whatever, I don't care, doesn't matter to me, do what you want, you always do. Right? We can go down that road of passive aggressive codependency. Or we can um, and, and we can do that spiritual bypass of just saying, well, I'm just gonna forgive them. I'm just gonna forgive them because they don't know what they're doing and I'm superior to them, and so therefore I can I can see it and I'm gonna forgive it. And you know, it's all good. And that's a spiritual bypass. So we have various options and we're, we're pretty familiar with all of them. So, but that thing of calling upon the Holy Spirit is not a denial of how we feel. There's a difference. And I, 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 I think I've talked about it, but I, I think that I don't talk enough about it. Elena, do you have a question? And then Deb, and then I'll check back with you, Sheila. I have a question, and um, I actually uh, remember exactly, Sheila, you uh, sharing this process, and I started to apply it in my life as well, more and more, and like an example, and it works. My question is, yesterday, I'm sitting next to my son, he's doing his homework, and actually very, he's like not in the mood to do homework, so I'm getting angry, I feel this anger, but I am, like in Enneagram, I am a fool. So my thing is emotions. I'm aware of my emotions as well, but I, get, I have difficulty sometimes to get when I'm in the emotion, to get to my thoughts. 
So what I started doing, and I'm asking it because to, it just to know if it's not a bypass or something, I just said, and I'm very aware also of my deep desires because I did, I did deep desire my heart work on this thing. And I said, like, like Holy Spirit, I don't want to, I'm not interested in feeling, it's not my preference. I don't, I'm not interested in feeling angry. I am interested in feeling confident and I'm, really, I'm confident about the situation and feeling, feeling peace in the situation, which was immediately switched. Not, not, a, not a joke, but really very fast. It was really went really very fast. So I let him do this thing. He is throwing his pens everywhere and then just doing his homework without doing it. I let him there. I go in the kitchen, everything like half an hour ago, half an hour later, he did. My question is, if I don't, don't tell precisely, take this thought out of my mind, but I ask to... I ask that this emotion that I'm feeling is not my preference. Is it a correct thing? I mean, yeah, there's not nothing right and wrong, but it's not a bypass, right? Because I was amazed how, how well it switched and how it worked. But I didn't say about thoughts because it goes too fast. I go into thinking when I say, you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it's easier to access the emotion. Yeah, well, you know, Elena, it's similar to um, there are many times when I will pray, let's say, for myself or another person, and there are no words. There are no words. There's just the feeling of peace, and that's the prayer. So um, it's what I am hearing is you understand how these processes work in your mind, how your mind is connected to your emotional body, your mental body, your physical body, how they all flow together. You understand all of that. So for you, what I'm hearing is that you're recognizing that, um, that emotional disturbance is related to that thought. And for you, it's just more about the emotions but you, you fully understand that your emotions come from your thinking. And of course, too, uh, I, I don't talk much about this, but our emotions do come from um, empathy. You know, they really do. So, for instance, uh, I wrote about this in my blog last week uh, that uh, there have been a few times when I just think about and I'm blessing the people in Texas, let's say, and I just start crying. And I know the truth for them. I know that a, a great healing is taking place there. I, I don't understand all the details of it. I don't need to. But I can feel that things are, that, you know, a disaster like that, well, I don't want to get on that track. But um, it just, I, as soon as I place my energy on all those many thousands of people, I just find myself starting to cry. Just, it, it's just pure empathy. It's not because I think that um, things should be different for them. But it's just empathy. So you're, you're an extremely em empathetic person. And so you, you have an understanding of that. Yeah, it happened to me as well over the past days. I just go have a walk and suddenly the emotion comes like deep sadness without no reason. I don't even know what, step. I don't know what you're thinking. It just goes. So I had to just, I call for the violet flame. It's the only thing which worked. And then yeah. it just dis 
several minutes later, it's gone. But without any risk, very deep sadness, which is definitely at a connection with the world. Yeah, and it, yeah, because I remember one time, I, uh, I'll never forget it, I was driving in LA, in this past this place that I used to go by four, five, six, eight times a week, um, backwards and forwards, and um, it was Sunday morning, it was pretty early, there was hard, no traffic really, and there was um, this, there was a, some kind of a, emergency vehicle or a cop or something there that was doing something on the side of the road. And there was just, there was no evidence, not much evidence of something having happened there. But as soon as I went by it, I went through this energetic field and I just burst out crying, just burst out crying. And, um, there was no physical evidence to view what it was that caused me to cry. But I knew instantaneously that a family had been killed in, in, in a car accident and that, um, you know, that the angels and all the ramifications, all this was an emotional field that was very, very present there. And, um, and I just drove right through it. And being so empathetic, I, it impacted me. So that, that does happen too. That does happen too. And for you, Sheila, that you could be picking up on that for all the people in your family, your neighborhood, because you're so compassionate and connected with them. So <coughs> does that address everything that you said, Elena? Did I answer your question absolutely yeah thank okay. you you're welcome we're going to go to deb and then we're going to go to uh, sheila so deb you wanted to share something i have a question too and thoughts going all over the place so i'm elena kind of brought it up is i don't get it from the thought i don't get it from the perception i get it when it comes to the feeling so because I, and I've had that experience of feeling something and not knowing, you know, exactly where, what's going on. I just know that it's not mine. But when it is mine, and this happened in August because it was my mom's anniversary of her passing, and I just noticed this sadness, and then I asked why, and I got the information it's the anniversary month, and it was just coming up for me, and then that eased it until it got closer. <clears throat> but then the weekend before we put her on hospice, you know, six years later, um, I just was overcome with grief again, and I ended up doing a letter just to my mom. It, it's actually through grief recovery method that I was working it, it wasn't about forgiveness, but it's the same thing, sort of releasing and asking for whatever you need to do. And in that process, I became aware that I was feeling so sad and grieving because I did something wrong, which isn't true. And then I got to the belief and the perceptions that weren't correct, and then I could release those. So I'm wondering... <clears throat> two things. 
it seems like if we miss it in, so to speak, miss it, not good, bad, but just don't, aren't awake to it. If we miss the misperception and the thought and the belief, then it comes down to the feeling where we can't ignore it unless we do, and then it comes down to the physical. So is that what it also means working from the bottom up? Is that yeah. what it means? If we get it, if it comes all the way down to the bottom, to the root, to the physical, then we work it back up to release it, to get to the incorrect thought. Um, let's see here. He says, as a man, I did not attempt to counteract error with knowledge, but to correct error from the bottom up. So um, I, he says um, in chapter one, section six, paragraph three, he says, he's talking about the um, order of needs. Uh, and he's talking about, as a foundational thought, he's talking about the sense of separation from God is the only lack you need correct. And he talks about, uh, in chapter one, um, the the only the reason that you experience needs is because you're depriving yourself. Remember that uh, he teaches us to seek the kingdom first, and then everything is added unto us. And the reason why we have a sense of lack and limitation and need and want is because we've cut ourselves off from our source. And what it really is is we're using our thoughts to manifest a sense of lack and limitation, separation. But there is no lack or limitation or separation. It's just an illusion. So there is no lack. There is no limitation. It's just an illusion. So there is no need. But there is an appearance of need, appearance of hierarchy of needs and all of that kind of thing. So he says that needs only... Uh, occur uh, we only have the feeling of a need when we're depriving ourselves and remember that he gives us that teaching about depression that depression is the result of thinking that we're deprived of something but the correction is to remember that only we can deprive ourselves of something there is no other form of deprivation it's just our in our own uh, thinking. So he says, um, he says in uh, ch chapter one, section six, paragraph one, he says, um, until the separation, there were no needs at all. Needs arise only when you deprive yourself. You act according to the particular order of needs you establish. And this, in turn, depends on your perception of what you are. Remember, all our problems are misperceptions. 
So he says, a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need to correct. And remember, and he says, he'll do it for us if we invite him into his, our minds. And then he says um, about the needs, um, as you integrate with uh, your mind, with the, the true reality, he says, your needs become one accordingly. And the only need really that you have is to align with divine will and to know who you are, where you are, why you are, to know the truth. So he says the idea in paragraph three, the idea of orders of need, which follows from the original error, the original error, believe, the belief in separation, uh, requires correction at its own level before the error of perceiving levels at all can be corrected. So we correct this, this uh, idea of need, orders of need at the level of the mind. And again, we can give it all to Jesus to do for us. He says, you cannot behave effectively while you function on different levels. Because then it's like we're fractured, right? So our body tells us we have got these needs. Our emotions tell us we've got those needs. And then our mind tells us we've got these needs. And so we're twisting and turning every which way. We're trying to meet the body's needs uh, at the level of the physical form. We're trying to meet our emotional needs and our relationships. And so we're doing mental manipulations and things like that to meet those needs where we might sacrifice the body's needs. Like we might allow ourselves to be sexually mistreated to meet our emotional needs, to be physically cared for and have our bills paid. We, you know, the, the higher, those needs get all twisty turny. Um, so anyway, he goes on to say, you cannot behave effectively while you function on different levels. However, while you do, while you function on different levels, correction must be introduced vertically from the bottom up. This is because you think you live in space where concepts such as up and down are meaningful. Ultimately, space is as meaningless as time. Both are merely uh, beliefs. So, um, oops. Uh, so, and he says later, um, yeah, so those are the, his references to working vertically from the bottom up. So, I would say it's, um, the, the, the bottom up is really from our, our mind outward is the way I, I think of it. Does that answer your question? Kind of a lot there. Uh, not in this moment, but it might need to resonate. <laughs> well, um, ask your question again. Well, it's like Elena 
Elena talked about, she gets it at the feeling level. She doesn't get, I, I'm the same way. I get it when I get to the feeling level. Right. It meaning the error, I guess. I, it takes, I, it, for whatever reason, if it's related to my personality and what I came in to learn, I don't know what the reason is. When I get to the emotional, you know, goo, whether it's fear or anxiety or anger or whatever, it's, that stops me now. It used to have to get to the physical and be pretty extreme. I don't want to go to that level of exhaustion and blah, blah, blah again. But I also want to be able to catch it earlier. Right. That's, that's, you know, what I'm not doing. It has to come, you know, knowledge, thought, perception, belief, wherever they live. I'm not, I'm not getting them right. I'm thinking chakras as levels, I guess. And that may not even be correct. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. Um, so, um, you know, I give the teaching about, um, that we have a belief. Beliefs are held in our etheric body, right? They become causation. And then our mind magnetizes into our awareness thoughts that are congruent with our beliefs. So this is why we work at the level of the mind. And then our thoughts, the ones we choose to think, are going to affect our emotional body and how we feel. And if we're not doing the corrections on these levels, then it's going to travel out into our physical and our experiential. And um, as, as I was tuning in here just now, because I haven't actually contemplated this whole thing about the bottom up, um, in this way, um, but what I got just connecting with the mind of Jesus, what I felt him communicate is he corrected. So he's talking about correction, uh, and um, let me just go back to that. Um, Uh, he said, uh, in the, in the chapter three, he says, where is it now? <sighs> Why am I not finding it? Um, or you had mentioned chapter yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. I just found it. Um, so he says, he, he, as a man, he counteracted error, corrected error from the bottom up. I demonstrated both the powerlessness of the body and the power of the mind. So he, one of the things he did, this is what I just got from uh, what I, I believe is, you know, his teaching intuitively is that he would heal the sick. Mm-hmm. So he's correcting the error at the bottom, meaning the, the body, you know, the physical level. He's, he, the woman with an issue of blood is healed. The blind man can see and the lame man knew the truth. 
because he knew the truth. Yes. He corrected things at the level of the body by using his mind. That's what he's telling us. And so, um, and, and that's the way that we, we work. Uh, we're, we're at time here. I want to give Sheila a chance to share. And uh, um, so, Sheila. Well, thank you for the conversation, Jennifer. The discussion's been very helpful. It's something that I think that I will continue to explore with, you know, my classmates. But I have to tell you, one of the things that come out of this as well was it pushed me, the pain pushed me to learning more about grief counseling. So that'll help me in my counseling sessions, absolutely, as the counselor. So that's another positive. And I don't believe I have the clarity on my answer just yet. So what I have done for the moment is just to say you know I do have love for this journey that we're on and at this time I'm feeling it necessary to allow myself to feel the tears you know uh, and I am giving myself permission to you know let's just do it feel it get it out not to spend the day on it not to spend a week on it but to be able to use the emotions to work through the forgiveness and that it's okay to have the tears. And, and I'm still conflicted that that is the pain train. But it seems to be for me right now at this time the best way to clear the emotions and to be able to get back to the true beliefs and to let go of the false. So yeah. surrendering. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is to be conscious during that emotional expression that your intention is to, to heal it, to release it forever. Uh, to share the benefits with everyone, to allow it to be released, uh, calling upon the angels to support you in doing that fully and completely. You're not on your own. You're surrounded by angels. Nothing bad is happening. Uh, it's a temporary expression. It's like an expellation. Uh, I don't know if that's a word. Expe expelling it. You know, uh, you could say it's like an exorcism. And, uh, that you're um, you're letting it go. I I mean I I remember I went through a period twenty five or so years ago where I was uh, upset about a breakup with my boyfriend and I just I cried and cried and cried and sometimes I'd be crying and I'd think I think I'm crying about something that happened to me when I was a little girl, you know. And so not to make it wrong but to make it useful. It's like Gandhi taught about if you feel angry and upset to journal, but always to begin with setting the intention that you were journaling to release it forever, to dissolve it and resolve it, not to dwell in it, not to stew in it, not to perpetuate it. So that, that's what we do. So it can be very, very helpful to us. And it can be helpful to us in having tremendous breakthroughs and realization. As a counselor, I've had so many people sit in front of me and wail and wail and wail in tears and, and people who are very, very angry, very frustrated, feeling sad and depressed and all myriad of feelings. And the freedom that they got to really just go into those feelings with the idea of releasing them was so cathartic and so healing for them that they finally were able to just have it be 
witnessed and released. So that, that is part of what we're also offering ourselves in our counseling work. Um, and, you know, emotions come up. My emotions come up. That's why I have, you know, I have um, a very dedicated practice of my own receiving counseling so that I'm clear all the time. Is there something I've been frustrated about that I haven't, you know, addressed? Things like that. You know, I'm having a human experience too. I'd like to say one more thing. I know we're at time here. Um, and that is that, like you bring up, you and Deb bringing up the grief work. Um, my, I'd like to share with you, because I'd like to ask you to hold this in prayer with me, that the ministry is growing to have a ministerial program. The ministerial program will effectively be a teacher training program. And so the, the counseling uh, aspects of the, the, what we're offering are, to me, part of that teacher training. And that um, my goal is to hire a, uh, uh, a strong administrator to, to relieve me of many of these administrative uh, challenges. And um, so there, we're going to do a fundraising effort to be able to um, do that. Uh, and Ron is taking the lead on that. Thank you, Ron. And uh, then once um, we can hire that person to relieve me of a lot of these administrative responsibilities that take a huge amount, uh, I, the majority of my work is in administration. And I'm not great at it. I used to be when I was younger, but I, I forget so many details. I forget so, to cross so many T's and dot so many I's. As Sheila knows from working with me and Carla, I just, I, I, I just don't. There's too many things I'm, I'm holding. Um, so, and then I can focus on creating this and co-creating this ministerial program. I'm talking with others about it. I'm interested in having a profoundly uh, healing, expansive ministerial program because the ministerial program I participated in was just ego gratification from practically from start to finish. And it was just a, a ruse, I think. But anyway, um, I, I would like to really create a powerful program and part of that program is supporting the teachers and creating the curriculums and offering a platform to them to teach a class through the power of love ministry so that we have many many different programs like grief recovery like parenting like um, hospice and all kinds of things the things that those who are in the program are interested in teaching so that the people who are in the, the ministerial program, the teaching program, that they can, as part of their classwork, create a curriculum, and then they have a place to offer it. You know, because we have a platform of many thousands of people, I don't know, 30,000, 40,000 people around the world that we can offer these classes to. And where you can earn a living, you can be supported doing what you love. Um, but all of that is uh, 
a, a lot of work to put in place. And so we're, I, I need to create these, um, these systems in place to lay that teaching program on top of so that it, it can unfold. And, and I, I'm not this, uh, I'm, if I'm getting four hours sleep at night, it's because I'm having so much fun with my, my husband, my, my, my friends, my, uh, my colleagues that I just were in ecstasy having so much fun rather than I'm writing emails about where the thing goes on the website. So that's, that's where we're headed. And I just, I really, I, I, I would, I'm asking all of you to hold that in prayer with me. Yeah. So you're, I'm asking you to, to help me build it in consciousness so that then it, it, you really do have, you have a, a, a workplace in the ministry and you can write the curriculums that are your heart's desire, that spirit is calling you to write. And um, that's, that's what I'm being called to, uh, to, to offer through the ministry. And I need your help in, in bringing it into fruition, holding, hold it. We hold the container and then God uh, does the work for us and through us. Yeah. Any quick thoughts before we, we pray out? Deb. Are you getting married? Did you just drop a hint here? Or? Yes, I'm getting married. I just don't know who it is yet. Yeah. Yeah, I have this picture of a very handsome man on my phone. And people say to me, sometimes they'll see it. They'll say, who's that? And I say, you know, he looks just like my husband. And they're like, oh, I say, you got to have a mental equivalent. Not that it's about looks, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to welcome a partner into my life. Um, so I've, I've got to also have room for... Uh, so I, I'd like to have, uh, I, I am creating my life so that I have room for that. Yeah. And then we can do all kinds of classes in relationship. Yeah. More classes on relationship. Than, um, so there's a, there's a couple of books, uh, been talking with venerable about doing classes there's one called if the buddha dated and one called if the buddha got married and um and so it's kind of funny you know here we are we're two women who right now we're not dating and we're not married but <laughs> elena did you want to say something no no it's a very terrible background noise here yeah, because my children fight behind me so i just, just mute myself thank you <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably leaving because they're waiting for me. <laughs> they're waiting for Thank yeah. you very much. I will listen to the end afterwards. Sorry. All right. Well, we're going to pray. God bless you.
All right. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited flow of divine love and goodness. So grateful, so thankful to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit's guidance. We're opening our mind to this offer that Jesus has given us to remove all misperceptions. And we're saying yes. Yes, that's what we are choosing, to align with divine will, to release all misperceptions, to discover and remember through joyful experience of remembrance and recognition of the truth that sets us free. We are grateful and thankful for our healing. We claim it. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, so good to be back with you. I'll talk with you later, Sean. Have a good visit to the doctor. All is well.